What is up, guys? Combat Addict here. Uh, welcome to another edition of the MMA podcast, The Combat Review. I'm the Combat Addict, if you didn't already know that. Uh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about today, but uh, we got enough to talk about. Enough to talk about that... Uh, We'll have a show, I guess. There are quite a few things going on. Firstly, I guess I should we should just talk about Israel Adesanya smacking the daylights out of uh, Paulo Costa. Actually, he did it faster than I thought he was going to. I said he was going to end Costa at the end of round three or the start of round four. And he did it like midway through round two. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty damn embarrassing for Paulo Costa. He just gets slapped right out of the gate. I mean, you didn't even last. You didn't even make it to the championship rounds. I mean, goddamn, you, you're literally three full rounds behind. You are not ready for the champion or championship fights at all. The funniest thing is that Paulo Costa has still never seen championship rounds. <laughs> He's only seen the third round once. It's just funny. It's just funny. Any in any anyways, man. Uh, Izzy won, and afterwards, <sighs> afterwards, Izzy did some humping. Okay, is is Izzy did some humping? Let's let's try to find it. Let's try to find the video of. Uh, is he doing the damn thing? I think I got it here somewhere. Do I have it here somewhere? I should have it here somewhere so I can actually show the people who may not have seen what Israel Adesanya did. All right, so check this out, right? So we're gonna we're gonna watch this. I don't think you guys need the audio. It's not that serious. I don't know if you saw that little. Turn that on. So he wins the fight and against Costa, and then he humps him. For the champion, Israel Adesanya. Too easy. I wonder if Too we can easy. see it again from a different angle. Nope. Anyways, man, I get what his what his idea was. He was uh, trying to make. Paulo Costa, his female dog, for lack of a better term. Actually, there is a better term, but you all know what I'm talking about. And I get it, but at the same time, everyone else was like, <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I saw one point, I saw one uh, post where, where uh, oh my God, I wish I had saved that one so I could show it to you guys. It was like the caption of the meme was like when you walk in on your parents at 3 a.m. And it's a shot of Izzy like humping Costa from the back. And then one of the comments was something like, uh, it's all right because he said no homo. <laughs> oh, my God, man. It was so funny. It was so funny. That was actually funny. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are saying that it was really, really disrespectful. And I'm going to be straight with you guys. 
this is I'm going to say a couple of things, all right? Firstly, it is 100% disrespectful. <laughs> 100%.Um, that is not how you should conduct yourself when 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 winning a fight, okay? It's really awful behavior. Some people would say it's disgusting. That's not how you should act. Um, now with everything that Paulo did leading up to this fight, can I blame Izzy for hating him and wanting to make a spectacle out of him? No. Do I think that Izzy is going to regret doing that about one to two years from now? Yes. Because I think he's going to realize that it's sort of embarrassing that he did that. I mean, of all of the things to do to hump him, that wasn't the thing. <laughs> that wasn't the move. Which brings me to my next point. You know, it would have been better if he did something similar to what like Jorge Masvidal did. And, you know, mimicked what had happened to his fallen adversary. That would have been, you know, maybe more badass, as some people would call it. But but my point is that Jorge Masvidal did this. You know, if it's not okay that Izzy did it, it's not okay that Jorge did it. And uh, when Jorge did it, while it was friggin' ruthless, and I thought he was like an actual murderous savage for having done that it was it was kind of badass and i didn't you know say he shouldn't have done it because it was disrespectful so i'm not going to say that about izzy you know would i have done that no do i think people should do things like that no but that's only because i wouldn't do things like that when people do things like that, we all like it because we think, oh my god, that's so crazy. I can't believe Jorge like stiffened up like a board in the middle of the octagon right after making Ben Askren stiffen up like a board, right? Obviously, you don't approve of the behavior, but it's funny, not funny, but like super hardcore that somebody would do something like that. Right? In the same sense, it's like the fact that Izzy would literally try to make Costa his 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 woman for the night is <laughs> pretty uh I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was just kind of weird and a little bit gross, but I mean hey man, I get the point you're trying to make. Um Yeah. In any case, man, Izzy did that, and then and then afterwards he also ran over to the the, the corner the the corner for call Apollo Costa, and did the old shoot right on their faces, and uh, something something about the sexual innuendo for for Adesanya here. It just. It just seems to be like the route that he decided to take. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he decided to take this route, but he did. And it is disrespectful. So I guess he achieved his goal. Izzy's been clowning Costa hard ever since this, though, on Instagram. It's like everything that Costa was doing leading up to the fight, Izzy was doing, af is doing now after the fight. And... 
Izzy was talking about how this fight was really about fighting demons and conquering bullies from his past. You know what I mean? Taking the bite out of the bully. So I can understand how maybe for him, this isn't just, oh, I beat some guy. This is like, this guy represents everything on me when I was young. I am having absolutely no mercy. I get that. I mean, if you really hate something or if you really never got to rectify something and you get the opportunity to do it vicariously, you will probably do it irrespective of how classless it makes you seem. Which is most likely what was going on with Izzy here, if you were going to ask me. How many people have had fantasies of beating up the bully that bullied you, right? Izzy actually got to do it, and now he gets to make fun of him online. Do I think it's a little bit childish? Yeah, it's a little bit childish. But you know what? Izzy's a little bit childish, which is okay. Do I think that Izzy is having a great time right now? I think he's loving it. I think he's loving every second of it. Do I think he's going to feel differently about how he conducted himself later? Yeah, I think he's going to grow grow a bit more and be like, you know what? This was like probably not the way or the wrong way to handle this. Or not even just the wrong way to handle this. But this is probably more for me and what's going on in my head than what everybody else sees. Because for me, I, like I'm a huge fan of his. So he's my favorite fighter. So... For me, it's just kind of like I'm looking at it and I'm just like, all right, man, do your thing. But I'm not like rooting for it or, or, or hyping it up or anything like that. Or like, oh, yeah, screw you, Costa. It's like, look, man, if you've got this like internal beef that you need to deal with, then do whatever you got to do. I'm not going to stop you from from exacting this revenge. But I'm going to tell you right now, it, it really there's not there's nothing in it for me. It's 100 percent you, man. What you're doing right now is 100% for you and you just need to be okay with it for the rest of your life. They, this is how you conducted yourself as a champion. I don't think that it's like, I don't think it makes him less of a champion or anything like that. I just think that he may not like this activity that he is doing years later. You know what I mean? I think he might not like it. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't care. I still like him just the same, but I just feel almost like there's something about this that's just like childish enough that makes me feel like perhaps he's going to look back and be like a champion should not have conducted himself that way. There's a chance he might feel that way, I think. But then again, he also says the belt doesn't mean anything to him because for him, it's about the names. That's why he wanted to fight Yoel in the first place because he wants the names. He wants everyone to know he fought everyone and beat everyone and that he is the GOAT. And that's what he wants. So, um, and I'm rooting for him, man. Honestly, I'm rooting for him. I really want him to be like the best, the best striker to ever do it. And I want him to have none of the nonsense. None of the controversy that came with John Jones. None of the, the arrogance that, that had Anderson Silva slayed. I really want him to burn a blaze of path for his own and become like the best.
Like undoubtedly just that guy who you just you don't mess with him. And I've been rooting for him for for a little while now, but uh we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. I believe he can do it. I believe if anybody can do it, man, he can do it. How many people do you know who are like technical strikers who are 19 and 0 ever have ever been like that? How many people do you know ever who have been technical strikers 19 and 0? The only reason that Habib is like 28 and 0 is because he's an incredible wrestler who can control people on the ground. When you're a striker, there is so much more risk to the game that you play. So to be 19 and 0 in my personal opinion, it's more impressive in terms of the sport. Like in terms of the skill set, like I'm not going to say that, you know, if you're a striker, like your skill set is just more important than a grappler's. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say like in terms of this sport, the thing that would be harder to do, I imagine would be to be 19 and 0 as a striker as opposed to being 19 and 0 as a wrestler. That would be hard. That would be very hard simply because you need wrestling and you need grappling. You know what I mean? Like that has to be there. It's a base, right? Striking is this thing that you add on. So if you're winning just based off of the add on and we haven't even seen your ground game yet, that to me is, is more impressive. If Izzy becomes like 28 and O as a striker in my, man, he doesn't even, honestly, if he becomes, I'll say it like this. If Izzy becomes 26-0 and 0 as a striker and Habib retires or something like that, I don't know why he would do that. Then honestly, he would be the greatest of all time. Because I think that let's say for every two victories, let's say, let's say um, if he catches up to Habib by at least two, in my personal opinion, he's done enough. He's done enough. Because he's at that point he surpassed Silva Jones, like just considering the level of competition and the fact that he's got like none of these stupid controversies, he would be the best. I mean, I guess the only person that you could say is like Mighty Mouse Johnson. Everyone always forgets about this guy because, like, honestly, that he's never promoted. But he could he could be the goat, man, for real. He could really be the goat. Speaking of controversies, though, everyone is talking about Israel Adesanya's right booby and how it was a little bit droopy. Um, let me see if I can find this. And how he might have gynecomastia, which is like this buildup of tissue that you can get when, um, when you have a, a hormone imbalance in your body. That hormone imbalance um, is, is, or can be caused by steroids, right? So, like, I'll point it out to you right here. So, this is the droop that everybody's talking about. If you've got a hormone imbalance, you can grow little man boobs. <clears throat> and, um... On the, on the on the right side there, which is to the left for us, right? Uh, with these little man boobs, because of the the drugs effect on your on your tissues. Now, I watched a YouTube video, and I'll link to it in the description. Um, I'm trying to remember what the guy's name is, but uh, he basically breaks down what this could be, 
and uh, he says that it's definitely not like a peck tear or something like that because Izzy couldn't fight with a peck tear. Um, it could be steroids, but it could be a bunch of other things. Not only that, if there was a hormone imbalance because of something like steroids, it'd be really weird that it only happened to the right side and not the left side. So to suggest that Izzy is on steroids because of this little droop boob, which is what we're going to call it now, the droop boob, you know, that's sort of, sort of, uh, a bit, a, a leap. Like you're making a leap in the, in the, in the judgment there. Um, but we'll see what goes on with this like little droopy titty he's got. I don't know. Maybe it'll just continue to droop or maybe it'll just stop drooping. I'm not really sure, but I don't think that Israel Adesanya would take steroids. Like, can we just be straight? Like the kind of person that Israel Adesanya is, he wouldn't do that. Like, I don't know. I, I just imagine that the, the way that he talks about his life and how he's in the matrix and all this other stuff and like his self-belief. I just don't see how steroids fits into that picture. I'm so serious. I just don't see it. He wouldn't do steroids. He just wouldn't do them. Because that's soft, man. There's a level of mental toughness that comes with just being au natural. And I think I feel like he has that. Right? Israel Adesanya just does not seem like the kind of guy to do that. And I, I don't know how else to... And it's, it's honestly the worst argument because it's not super technical. It's not, you know, foolproof or anything. But it's just how I feel. I just feel... I just feel like he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't take steroids, man. Um... I just remembered right now there's like this little watch we're gonna we're gonna watch this because i pulled it up we're gonna watch this wanted to hear what other people thought about izzy humping costa so we're gonna we're gonna watch this right now and see what people think what did you make of uh israel adesanya's uh, celebration the dry humping getting uh, Captain Eric's face and everything at the end. To be honest, I totally missed the uh, the dry humping in the moment. I think I was so excited about the fight that it wasn't until we were all having breakfast afterwards. I was like, he humped him? And they're like, yeah, you didn't see that? I was like, no, I totally missed that. Listen, would I do it? No. Is it uh, a little disrespectful? Yeah. Was Costa probably disrespectful in some of the antics and stuff leading up to that fight? Yeah. So I think in that fight, it was kind of fair game, man. The winner of that was gone a showboat. If Costa knocked him out cold in that first round, you don't think he'd have been running all over that cage doing something uh, a little dis... I don't know if he would have dry humped him, but uh, <laughs> but he would have done something, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's not my style, but uh, it's, that's not my job to... So do you think the people that found it offensive, do you think it's a little overblown? I think, it, well, don't get me started on what I think about the, the people sitting at home and their computers and... 
and what's this and yeah I, I mean not you guys you guys are here you're working it's crass and it's not good for the sport to be seeing those things but at the same time it was unnecessary and it was crass and it's not good for the sport to be seeing those things but at the same time you know we see a lot of the superstars they stand out they create headlines because of the things that they do I mean, you know, he was urinating on the octagon in his, in his UFC debut, you, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, we, we shouldn't be surprised by these things. There's a lot of animosity between these guys, and, and you know, we do act out when, when, uh, we do act out when, we're, when we're in these scenarios. When you, you, you know, you're, um, your adrenaline's up, you've just won the fight, you've got all this energy. I mean, how many times do you see people doing terrible dances after fights and stuff? I've done it myself. You don't know what you're saying in interviews because your adrenaline's going, you just, blah! It, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like, what? Why be mad about that? Yeah. You know, he didn't. It was, the dry humping. There wasn't any penetration. <laughs> he didn't actually like, you know, smack him sure. with anything. It was it was miming. He was doing aggressive miming. Um, but, you know, he was excited, and I think this fight really got to him mentally. I think he had to dig deep into his uh, zen state of mind and watch a lot of Naruto to, like, really, really, like, channel that inner ninja in him and beat up the bully. And then afterwards, he celebrated beating up the bully. I mean, like, yeah, I, it, I didn't think... I didn't... I thought it was funny. Like, I wasn't, I didn't think it was disrespectful or, well, obviously it was disrespectful, but I didn't think it was out of line considering, like, the buildup and everything. Um, but, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Actually, I probably would have. Bitch fucking season, you know? Like, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. So, hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> First off, I just love Angela Hill. She's got probably one of the greatest voices I've ever heard in the MMA world. Hey, what are you going to do? Like, it's just great hearing her talk. And she's also got probably one of the most fire Instagrams I have seen out of, like, the MMA world. She's just, everything she posts is just good. Whether it's funny, whether it's, a, a, a you know, kind of like I'm feeling myself kind of post, whether it's a training post. When I see an Angela Hill post, I'm never like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people post things and you're like, what are you doing? But Angela Hill's got it down packed. So shout out to Angie. I don't know if she likes it when people call her that, but I guess I'd call her Angie. Anyways, man. Point is, um, different perspectives, man. Different perspectives on this thing that, uh, that went down. And, uh. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> Daniel Cormier <clears throat> was talking badly on Conor McGregor's name. He was basically saying that Conor McGregor doesn't really want to fight anybody anywhere, anytime. Because if he did want to fight anybody anywhere, anytime, he would have accepted the offer that was given to him uh, when uh, Habib and Tony were supposed to fight uh, he was supposed to step in as a backup in the event that not, neither of them could perform. Uh, but Connor was like, I'm not going to do that. You know, wait seven months for a fight that might not, you know, happen for him. I'm not going to do that. Ariel Hilwani is saying that Connor wouldn't do that because it's a status thing. You know, this is Connor McGregor. You don't tell him to train for seven months and then not give him a fight. 
You know what I mean? Especially when you consider that this man has like, what, two, two kids or something like that. Like he's got children and a family. You know what I mean? So if he's going to spend all of this time away from them, it better be worth it. Right. Um, that's something that I just thought of. Ariel didn't say that, but that was just another point that I just thought of right now. In any case, man, <clears throat> DC was like, nah, nah, if he really wanted to fight anybody anywhere, then he would have just, you know, done it anyways, just been eager to get to the place where he could fight. And, uh, I think that DC is kind of wrong. I get his point. I think that DC is trying to say that if you really wanted to fight anybody, you would just accept the opportunity to maybe fight. That is, if you really wanted to fight anybody, anywhere, you would accept even half of an opportunity to fight. But I think that that's unfair to the fighter in the sense that it's like, okay, so let me get this right. You want them to prepare for two opponents and then maybe not fight. It's a risky fight either way. It's like, okay, you're preparing for two completely different fighting styles. A. B. They're both absolute killers. C. You actually might not even fight. Wanting to fight anybody anywhere, I think, is 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 not I will be the UFC's little, you know, little 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 screwboy and and allow them to to lead me on for seven months. I think there's a difference between that and then also being like, hey, tell me that I am fighting somebody on this day and I will say yes. That's different. Like, if you say that fighting anybody anywhere is just being willing to let the UFC treat you however you want, and maybe you get a fight, okay, that's your definition of being, you know, wanting to fight anybody anywhere. But that's not everybody else's common conception of being willing to fight anybody anywhere, right? Being willing to fight anybody anywhere is like, okay, I know that this is going down, I'm going to fight you, Right? If it like let me, let me be straight with DC. If it's really true that somebody could be down to fight anybody anywhere in that sense, then they should also be down to fight somebody on a day's notice. Like DC, how far do you want to take that argument? Do you want do you want Conor McGregor to fight um Dustin Poirier on 2 days notice without being told to prepare or anything? Is that is that is that not being ready to fight anybody anywhere or is there is there an element of time and courtesy there that is being accounted for okay well if time and courtesy are accounted for then how about time and time spent and the courtesy of not forcing someone to spend all of that time doing something if they don't even if you don't even know if they're going to be able to to reap the rewards of spending that time right you understand what i'm saying so it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to make that argument, you need to start to like, okay, well, what is the definition of fighting anyone anywhere? Just fighting anyone anywhere, anytime as well. Like your standards are way too high because you can't just ask fighters to do that. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot to prepare for a fight and be in training camp and get the weight and cut the weight. Like cutting weight is miserable. And I guess you would want to say, well, it's their job. It's their job. So in that sense, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's miserable. Like, this is the game. You need to be a part of it. And you need to be ready to play it. If that's the case, man, then like DC, I don't know. I just, I, all I would say is like, 
But then again, DC's saying he's not willing to fight anybody anywhere. So maybe that's what DC's argument would be. He'd be like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that I would sign up to do that. I'm just saying that if somebody is really down to fight anybody anywhere, that they would do that. But DC, I think you're missing like the point where it's like, he's not really fighting anyone anywhere. He's maybe fighting someone. That's the difference. So, I don't know. That's stupid. But in any case, Conor McGregor also thought it was stupid. Because he went full tilt. He said, I asked for May, you fat fool. What are you saying? I fought in January and tried to go again, but was purposely held back to be an alternate for a July fight. Wait, seven whole, <laughs> seven whole effing months and maybe I'd get the fight? Are you stupid? What are you saying, mate? I asked for May versus anyone. Now, Dustin Poirier goes, Connor. Connor responds, hey, bro, you want to do an MMA charity fight? Zero to do with the UFC. I will donate half a million towards your charity for it. Sell it on pay-per-view or work a TV deal. And we work out the charities that are close to my heart also. I am engaged in many. Strictly a charity exhibition. Dustin goes, yeah, let's go. Marquise of Queensberry Rules exhibition. Uh, December 12th. This is Connor now. December 12th in the Point Depot, Ireland. No weigh-ins. Open weight. Unified rules. Uh, I will arrange all travel fare for you and family. McGregor Sports and Entertainment, MMA in association with the Good Fight Foundation Charity Mixed Martial Arts. Dustin, I'm in. Let's do it. A lot of people will benefit from this. So they basically planned this whole thing out. And then, uh, or maybe it's on Connor's profile. Let me find it. There's like an official, there's like an official uh, banner promo for it now. This fight that's happening. Yeah, it's right here. McGregor versus Poirier 2. It's even got the UFC lettering. It's so funny. Charity event, December 12th. This is uh, Connor's words. Martial arts sparring match in aid of charity, Dublin, December 12th, 2020. Free to air spar. McGregor versus Poirier. List of chosen charities available soon. All donations welcome. Now, here's the thing. When it said free to air spar my question was like wait what do you mean free to air spar like are you like what are you saying exactly are you saying because this is a full-fledged fight right like they're going like they're going to be wearing gloves unified rules as i understand it no I just didn't understand what he meant by this. I was like, okay, is it a fight or is it a sparring session? I imagine it's a fight. I mean, there's no way it wouldn't be a full-fledged fight. But also, like, I don't know. Anyways, man, either way, I'm pretty pumped for this. This is cool. I think this is a very, very interesting part of history right here that's going down. And I love both these fighters. Dustin Poirier is one of my favorite fighters to watch. I love watching Conor McGregor fight. Who doesn't like watching Conor McGregor fight? Uh, he's one of my favorites to watch too. So this should be a good fight, honestly. Um, 
who wins this fight? Damn. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> it really all depends on how Dustin Poirier tries to play this. I think if Dustin Poirier just goes wild like he usually does, he's going to get knocked out because uh, Connor has got that power in his hands um, and he's bigger now. So he's got more weight behind that big old back of his. But if he chased to play it cautious, he could he could beat honestly, he could whoop Connor's ass. He could. He could because his boxing is just better. So he could pepper this man up and, and, and Nate Diaz this man and maybe knock him out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. We're going to see. I, 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 honestly, Dustin Poirier's championship material. I mean, at this point, Connor has been out of the ring for so long or out of the cage for so Actually, no, he hasn't been out for that long because, I mean, he did fight in January. But I don't know, man. I really actually don't know who's going to win this fight because I just feel like I have not seen enough of Connor recently to really know what he's even capable of anymore. Poirier is the guy who I would bet my money on because I've seen Poirier fight recently. And I imagine that he learned his lesson from the first time. So if I had to put money down, I'd put money on Poirier. I don't know why I feel like Connor would win, though. I just feel like it. I just feel like Connor would win. So maybe I just placed two bets down. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Connor's going to win. I'm not sure why. I just feel that. Like Poirier's not winning this fight. So actually, I guess I'd, I'd put the money down on Connor. If I was putting money down technically, just based on what I've seen, it'd be on Poirier. But honestly, I'm putting money down on Connor based on my feelings. So you know what? I think Connor wins this fight. I don't know why. I just feel it. I just feel like he wins the fight. Anyways, man. This is going down. This is like an incredible, like, this is history right here. This is the first time a member of the UFC or a fighter in the UFC has become so powerful, so powerful that they can just be like, you know what? Screw the organization. I'm just going to go fight on my own with somebody from your organization. That's goddamn incredible. I mean, I, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing, man. And I am so totally 100% watching this. This is going to be very cool. This is going to be very, very cool. What else do we got going on? I think that's everything, man. Anyways, guys, that is the MMA podcast for today. I don't think there's anything else that we really, that we really, um, I don't think there's anything from the main card even that was <clears throat> like that notable. Oh, well, Jan became the champion. Yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, and Brandon Royville. That was crazy with a spinning elbow. <clears throat> I feel bad for Dominic Reyes and his nose. Oh, good God. 
But hey, man, that's the game. These things happen. In any case, what do we have now? We got Holm versus Aldana coming up. These fights, you know who I'm looking at? This is who you guys should keep your eye on, I think. A separate and aside from the the typical people, like like Jermaine Durandamine and obviously the people in the main event. I'm talking like you need to keep your eye on Kyler Phillips in a bantamweight fight versus uh, Cameron Ells. Jorgen DeCastro, keep an eye on that guy too who's in the co-main. I'm pretty sure you guys already know who he is. But definitely Kyler Phillips, man. That guy is for real. That guy is for real, bro. I'm telling you. I've seen him fight. And when you watch him move, you can tell he's a problem. He's just like... Man, it's exhilarating. It's scary, man, how good he is from what I saw. I hope, I, I hope he doesn't prove me wrong come Saturday night. But I have a feeling that that is going to be uh, uh, either a... Uh, a finish for Kyler, or it's just going to be a great fight. I don't know this Cameron Ells guy, but Kyler Phillips is the truth, man. That guy is for real. That guy is for real. Anyways, man, that is it for the podcast today, guys. That is it. These podcasts are not going to be as long as they used to be because I don't do full reviews of the events that happened in the past. If you guys want me to do stuff like that, you can let me know in the comments down below. But if you just like me talking about the stuff that I'm talking about now, then I'm going to just keep doing that. So, is what it is, man. I'm going to do a video on, I mean, I know what I'll tell you guys. Honestly, if you've made it to this point in the video, you deserve to know. Or the podcast, you deserve to know. By the way, if you don't want to watch this on YouTube, you can watch this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play Podcasts, etc. But, um... I'm going to do my next fight profile on Charles Oliveira because I love Charles Oliveira. Um, I have kept my, like, not kept my eye on him, but I've been watching him fight for a while. And I have seen a huge part of the streak that he has right now. I think he's got like a six fight win streak or something like that. Um, And he's really good, man. I was watching him and just, you know, he was a jujitsu practitioner. This is who I knew him as. And then in all the fights that I was watching him win, he was just knocking people out. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) What is going on? This guy has been doing way too much Muay Thai, way too many boxing classes. So so I'm going to do a profile on him. It's probably not going to have as many video clips as I would like it to because I can't find them on YouTube the way that I want to. But hey, man, you know, that's just life. That's the way it goes. Sometimes you don't find the thing that you want to find. In any case, man, um, thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you want to follow me on my uh, social media, my Twitter and my Instagram is The Combat Addict. All right. Combat Addict out.